Let us pray. Oh God, this is our prayer, that our minds would be open to receiving what you want to give us today, that our hearts would be open, open to believe, open to your spirit, open to your direction. So God, hear our prayer, our desire uh, to be open to you when it's so easy to be closed off. Give us tender hearts, a willingness to, to go where you are sending us, and to step into the goodness that you have before us. In our prayer, God, we say that we trust you. We trust you with this time. We trust you with this season. And uh, we trust you to lead us into a joyful place. I invite you now uh, to pray with me the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is so great to be with you in this moment. My name is Jacob Armstrong. I'm one of the pastors here. And before we dive into our scripture for the day and the message that God has put upon my heart, I want to just lift up a few things to you. One, I want to make sure you know about our Christmas services taking place on December the 23rd and the 24th. This year is a Christmas like no other, and we'll be offering services on the 23rd at 5 and 7 and Christmas Eve at 5 and 7 in a beautiful online worship, if that's the way that you can engage. And we'll also have a drive-in worship service here at the campus at Providence Church at those four times. We invite you, uh, if you would love to come to that, we'd love for you to come, to go to our website, uh, prov.church slash Christmas, and you can register for your parking spot. It's a service that I don't want you to miss, and we'd love for you to sign up. You'll notice we've added a new service. That's the 5 o'clock service on the 23rd, and that is a great service to sign up to, for right now because the other ones are filling up. So take a look at the 5 o'clock on the 23rd, sign up, and join us. Some of you know that on Christmas Eve, we give our offering away. It's our biggest offering of the year, usually five, six times bigger than any offering we have. We give 100% of it away this year. We're so pumped to tell you where that gift is going. One place it's going is to the Grace and Glory Academy. This is a school in Haiti that actually was birthed out of a family in our church. Many of you have heard about it. One of our Christmas offerings a few years ago went to build the physical building for the school. And this year, our offering will go to feed the children all throughout the year, 365 days a year, for now over 300 kids that go to the Grace and Glory Academy. So it's a place for education, but it's also a place where these children are fed. And you're offering this year about $20,000, we believe we will get to go and feed the children for the entire year. The majority of the offering will go right here in Wilson County to a brand new facility for an organization that we love called Compassionate Hands. Compassionate Hands is the entity that is serving those who are experiencing homelessness in Wilson County. We've been partnering with them for seven years, 
Uh, we love compassionate hands, but this is the first of its kind in our community, a place uh, this year that will be a shelter for people in the cold. But what I want you to get about this, this is a 24-7, all-year-long facility for those who are experiencing homelessness, a place to get out of the heat in the summer, a place to get warm in the winter, a place for showers, a place to store their stuff. There will be job training there, recovery classes, all kinds of beautiful things, counseling that will take place there. And Compassionate Hands has taken this step of faith, knowing that Providence Church is with them and partnering with them this Christmas. So please pray about what you can give on Christmas Eve, either the 23rd or the 24th, a sacrificial gift so that God's people can be blessed. Man, we've seen so many incredible things happen just like in the last three weeks. I don't know if you've even noticed with with all the things we've been lifting up and you have responded. In fact, we've had the biggest response for our outreach and mission ministry ever this year in 2020. Our turkey drop, which was a full Thanksgiving meal uh, for families in our community, we had a record number of 437 families were fed. That was like over $25,000 that you guys gave in just a couple of weeks. We always partner with Rutland Elementary, our neighboring elementary school, 122 students you guys have sponsored so they can have a wonderful Christmas and have wonderful Christmas gifts. The guidance counselor and others will be coming over this week to get those gifts for those children. A soldier's child is something we also do every year. A soldier's child is an amazing national organization that serves children whose parents died in active military service. And this year, like the southeast hub for that is Providence Church. And this weekend, we were out on the front lawn serving kids in a carnival. You guys sponsored 75 children, but many more kids are coming from all over the state to Providence Church to have a Christmas that they wouldn't have had without you guys. I'm not done. We're feeding people like we've never (laughs) fed people before. Last weekend, we partnered with two other churches and fed 450 families, over 30,000 pounds of food, over 10,000 pounds of hygiene kits and pet food went out. We had cars lined up on Saturday morning at Providence Church. And so I share all that just to say thank you and just to say that we know that our community and our world needs Jesus more than ever. And we're so grateful for how you are responding. All of that leads right into our story for today. I want you to pay attention to the feelings and the uh, exclamations of two really important people in the Christmas story. This is coming from Luke chapter 1. It says this, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, Elizabeth said, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Just a confession to you uh, in this worship service is I don't like surprises. (laughs) I like to know what's coming. Uh, I like to know what's behind the door before I open it. I like to plan my own birthday party. Thank you very much. Like, I just don't really like surprises. But life is full of surprises. If we've learned anything, it's that we don't know what we will expect. And I talk to people all the time who have found themselves surprised in their life. I'll I'll talk to someone and they'll say, I didn't think he would ever leave. 
And of course they didn't think that dad and husband would leave because dad and husbands aren't supposed to leave, and so it's surprising. Or I talk to folks who say, we didn't think the cancer would come back. Like, that's not what we thought was going to happen with this test. That's not what we prayed for. That's not what we were believing for. It was a total surprise. I've talked to a number of people this year who say, I really did not know I was going to lose my job. Like, when I started 2020, that was not in the cards at all. And so here I am now navigating this new reality of something that I didn't see coming, something that was so surprising. And most of you, you know, probably nod your head to stories like that, even if it's not your story, because you know that those stories are true. And so all I'm asking of you today is if you can go there with me, if you can go there to that place where you'd say, yeah, life is surprising. Yeah, life is heartbreaking, backbreaking, out of nowhere. Like, if you can go there, I'm just asking you to also join me as I tell you about the other side of that coin. I want to tell you something that's really real and really true. It's the other side of surprises. Today, I want to talk to you about what it's like to be surprised by joy. Uh, To be surprised uh, by Jesus. And in a season where it's like, we're talking about joy, yeah, I want you, if you can go there with me, I want you to come here with me for a moment to think about what would it be like for a cold, hard heart that's been made colder and harder by 2020 to wake up to joy, to wake up to life, to wake up to be so blown away, so surprised by Jesus that you would say, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know I could feel joy again. I didn't know I could feel joy like this. I was in a meeting last week with uh, some pastors, an out-of-town meeting, and we're talking real early on, and uh, I didn't know any of these guys before going, and I didn't like what I sensed was happening early in our conversations. Like, we're kind of getting to know each other, we're wearing masks, so it's sort of, you know, more difficult to get to know each other, and I realized that they're all talking to me like I am the old guy, <laughs> like I'm the sage or something like that. And I don't want to be the sage. Like I wanted to be a young pup. And like all these guys were 33. So it's like a bunch of annoying 33-year-olds talking to me. This one guy's talking to me like I'm Gandalf, you know, like I've got this long beard. I'm like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 37. I'm like, I'm not that much older than you. But they sniffed me out with the, you know, the hair, and they were asking me questions. And the big part is that I'd been a pastor at a church that we helped start for over 12 years, which is not always the case. And so for 12 years to be at a church was as if it was an eternity, right? Like as if I was an expert, like as if I haven't questioned every move I've made this year as a leader. And then they heard I had teenage kids. And once they heard that, it was like I had walked with dinosaurs, you know? (laughs) All these dudes had small kids, and here I am. I have a daughter who's 16. I have a daughter who is 16. And so they're asking me questions about how do you raise teenage kids as if I'm an expert in raising teenage kids. And I'm like, guys, I have been the dad of a 16-year-old for 10 months. In a couple months, I'll be on my first day on the job of being the dad of a 17-year-old. I don't know what I'm doing. And while I was having that conversation, while I was having that conversation with those guys, my 16-year-old daughter texted me. Ten words, and her text said, I miss you, Dad. I can't wait to see you. (laughs) Ten words that changed the whole night. I miss you, Dad. I can't wait to see you. I was not expecting that text. 
7.45 p.m. on a random Wednesday night, out of nowhere, this thing in me started to swell up in my chest. I could hardly hold it in. It was joy. Surprising joy. Out of nowhere, joy. Wanting to be home, joy. I miss you, Dad, joy. And then I felt like an expert parent, and I started telling these guys how to raise amazing daughters like mine. Check out the text, boys, you know. No, actually, I said, guys, I don't know what I'm doing, but check out the text. The hanging in there is worth it. There are hard surprises as a parent, but the joy, the joy of being in it together, the joy of being in the room together, the joy of the random text, the joy of missing each other, the joy of I'm coming home soon. I was like, oh, brothers, it's so worth it for the surprise joy. Elizabeth, in our story, was an old lady. Now, I know you're not supposed to say a lady is an old lady, but the scripture says Zechariah was an old man, and she herself was well along in years. And then she's pregnant, something she and Zechariah did not see coming, something that they did not think was in the cards for their story. And when they'd given up on their dream, when they thought it had passed them by, here she was, an old lady filled with life growing inside her and also filled with the joy that was growing inside of her. Mary, on the other hand, was a young girl. How old? We don't know. 14, 15, 16. And she's pregnant, but her story is even more surprising than an old couple who think their life has passed them by. She is not married, and she is a virgin. And when Mary gets the word that she's pregnant, it seems, like Luke says, the first thing she does is go to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Uh, Their relationship, maybe it was like having that older aunt, you know, who mentored you, who you could share a life with, who you could get advice from. We don't know, but the scripture says she hurried, she went to Elizabeth. But Elizabeth is only six months ahead of Mary in the experience of a surprising pregnancy. So she's probably not going to Elizabeth to get advice or mentoring. It's just to be together. So hear it again. It says at that time, so right after she got the news that she was pregnant with the Christ child, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Pay attention to the greeting. It probably just sounded something like this. Elizabeth, it's Mary. She greeted her from the door. Like Elizabeth didn't have fine friends and knew that Mary was making her way down from Nazareth. Like the moment she found out Mary was in her house is when she greeted her. Elizabeth, it's Mary. And it says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So Mary's at the front door. She greets her. John, who's the baby inside, jumps up and down, and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Ghost. And then Elizabeth asks a question. It's sort of like she's asking a question of herself and asking a question of Mary at the same time. And she says, why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? So don't think for a moment that these ladies don't know what's going on. Elizabeth knows that her baby will be the one who will prepare the way for the Messiah. And now she knows that Mary carries the future king in her womb. And then, check this out, Elizabeth says, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. This is a crazy story. This is a 70-year-old woman pregnant with an angel-announced baby, and now her baby in utero is jumping up and down because his cousin Jesus is in the belly next door. 
The story shows us the beautiful personhood of, of babies in the womb, the sacredness of unborn life. John is John in the womb. Jesus is, is Jesus in the womb, and they are, through the Holy Spirit, greeting each other as their moms embrace. But this is not the way Elizabeth or Mary had envisioned their lives at this stage. It was a surprise. And if that's, if that's you, like if this stage of your life is not going the way you envision, even related to kids or, or pregnancy, um, I know many of the, those listening to this sermon, you didn't get pregnant as you hoped. Uh, you didn't get to hold your baby. You didn't have an aunt that was there for you or a family structure that could help you. A great number of those of us listening, we could tend to not even hear the rest of the sermon because our minds and hearts have gone to different places just at the mention of these two pregnant ladies. And that's why I'm asking you, I'm, I feel like almost even begging you to hear the other side, the real, true other side to how surprises work in the kingdom of God. And that is, God can redeem any surprise. Like if you're pregnant right now and have no idea what you're going to do, number one, we'll help you, okay? Like for real, our church will help you if you contact us. But two, you need to know this, God can redeem any situation. Any situation, God will redeem, God will save, God will forgive. God has a rescue plan for every broken part, every broken heart, every grief, every sin, every ache. And we are being taught this truth by an old new mom and a teenage expectant mom and by two baby boys, one who's jumping up and down because even in the womb, he knows that he's in the presence of the Lord and that gives him joy, so much joy. Here's the deal. God wants you to know that joy. And the way that the joy comes is through this baby boy. So look at what the story speaks to all of us. First this, joy is almost always unexpected. Every have you ever tried to plan joy? <laughs> like, have you ever tried to put joy on your calendar? It'll be on this moment in the hike. We enter the field of lilies. We'll look into each other's eyes and experience soul-covering joy. It's hard to plan. Like, guys, it's hard to plan. <laughs> but sometimes you're on a hike, and you walk into a field of wildflowers, and you look into her eyes, and there's joy. But you can't plan it. C.S. Lewis said in his book, Surprised by Joy, he says, um, joy is never in our power. You can't manipulate it. Like, did you plan the day when you sat in church during the last song and you just began to weep over your sins and you felt God's grace cover you? Was it on your calendar that morning? No, but joy showed up. Joy's almost always unexpected. So if we want to live a life where we experience joy, it's sort of like, well, what do I do? How do I get there if, if I can't plan it, if I can't put it on my calendar? So here's what the story shows us. There actually is a way to joy. Um, Mary and Elizabeth show us that joy is found in coming together. Elizabeth and Mary find joy because Mary hurried, got ready, and went to Elizabeth's house. You can't 
plan joy, but you can know that joy is found in coming together with others. Think about your moments of joy in your life. I bet there's a few that was just like you and God, that's so beautiful, that's awesome. But many times, most of the times, uh, are, are, are sort of random times when you come together with someone else for that cup of coffee or the walk through the snow or that special family meal. And it's like, oh yeah, joy met me there. Well, 2020 has isolated us in so many ways. Joy is found in coming together. My statement here is not something to try to rush us out of this time that we're in. I hope that you see that I'm committed to the health and safety of our congregation and our community for the long haul. You know, we are committed at our church to do hard things to show others our care and love. That's sort of what it means to be a Christian, right? Is to do hard things to show others our care and love. But this doesn't mean that we can't be intentional still in coming together. It just means that we'll have to work harder and be more thoughtful to do it, which is super hard in the midst of a pandemic. But we're being called upon to be thoughtful, careful, and work hard to come together. Christians should not give up in coming together. What we see in the story is that joy is found in sharing news, in sharing good news. Mary had this word from God and she knew, I have to go share this news. Who can I go share it with? She decides to share it with Elizabeth. I want to encourage you to keep sharing what God is doing in your life. Keep sharing where you are seeing God. Mary comes in and greets Elizabeth with the news, and it ushers in the Holy Spirit into the moment. The Holy Spirit is often ushered into moments in our lives when we share about what God is doing. Like you can be in a place and it does not feel like God is there, but as you begin to share about where you see God, about how you're experiencing God, the Holy Spirit is ushered in. You see, joy is found when we realize that God is including us. Baby John leaping for joy. Elizabeth exclaiming, why am I so favored? You hear what they're saying, right? They're like, oh my gosh, God has included me. They're saying we get to be in the room where it happens. Hamilton reference. But that's what Christmas is, guys. That joy because Jesus is in the room. It's the other side of the surprise coin. We would all recognize that life surprises us with hardships. Well, the other side to that in the kingdom of God is that God will not leave us alone, that God will be in the room, the room of our agony, the room of our loneliness, <laughs> the room of our despair. He sent Jesus as a baby in flesh and in birth just like us. Jesus enters the broken world the same way that we did, carried in the womb of a woman, born of water born with the tears that a baby cries when he's born, born, I'm sure, with the tears of joy of a mom. Jesus coming into the world means Jesus is in the room. And no matter what you face, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've lost, Jesus is the one who redeems it. You see, the announcement of Jesus' birth, even today, ushers in the Holy Spirit into your life, and it may just lead you, watch out, it may just lead you to jump for joy. I did a wedding uh, last weekend for a lovely young couple in our church. This huge celebration that they had planned over the course of a year was pared down and pared down 
until the Friday night wedding that we held was really just a small group of family wearing masks. The reception was canceled. And the young couple actually knew that their marriage vows were more important than all the stuff that surrounds it. So they still had their wedding ring. After I pronounced them husband and wife and after they had their kiss, <laughs> since the reception was canceled, I'd never seen this happen before, a wedding like no other, they had the dad, the dad of the bride come right up onto the stage at the church, no reception, to give his toast that he had planned to give at a grand reception. So he's just speaking to a small group, but I realized quickly that this was a father speaking right to his daughter. It was different. I like, I'd never, never seen this before. But I recognized the tears on the faces of dad and daughter. You know what they were. Tears of joy. Because they had hung in there together. The joy of being in it together. You know, the joy of just being in a room together. The joy of random texts over the years. The joy of missing each other. The joy of dad saying, I'm coming home soon. The, the joy of that moment. It surprised us when we thought that we would be disappointed. God showed up. And that is the other side of the surprise coin. With Jesus, there is joy if you just hang in there with him. There's joy in being in the room with Jesus, wherever you are right now. There's joy when we miss each other and when we long for Jesus. There's joy in that. There's joy when you hear Jesus say, I'm coming, I'm coming soon. Oh, sisters and brothers, it is so worth the surprise of joy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.